Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad that you're here. Every week I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. If this is your first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you are in the room with me, I'd give you a big hug and say thanks for being here. Um, but seriously, I'm glad that you're joining us. If you, this is your 101 episode, girl, thanks for sticking through with me. I'm so glad you're here. Guys, speaking of 101, that's what show it is today, but last week was episode number 100, and it was so much fun. I literally was on cloud nine the entire day because you guys sent me just the sweetest notes of congratulations and encouragement, and I just want to say, I just want to say to you all, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this show with your friends. This show would not be here without you guys, and I cannot wait to see what the next 100 shows hold, hold for the happy hour. So... Thank you all so much. Um, and if you listen to last week's episode, I just want to clear the air that Aaron and I were not in our bathrobes. There, I just said it. Everyone needs to know the truth. We were not. Uh, before we get to today's show, I want to thank our sponsor, and that is Hooray Mail. Hooray Mail is a subscription snail mail delivered twice per month for kids ages 2 to 6. In each brightly colored envelope, you'll find a personalized card and a fun activity. The activities are super simple and can be done in five minutes or less using supplies you already have around your house, like crayons or scissors. Hooray Mail is perfect for working moms, proud grandmas, or aunts and uncles who want to give the kids that mean the most to them a meaningful and lasting gift that delivers joy and love one mailbox at a time. Guys, use coupon code HAPPYHOUR to get 50% off your first month of Hooray Mail. So that's two snail mail cards per month. So guys, go to the website, hoorayMail.com. Use a coupon code HAPPYHOUR to get 50% off your first month of Hooray Mail. That's two snail mail cards per month for the little kids that you love the most. Thank you, Hooray Mail, for sponsoring this show. Uh, Story has gotten this in the mail, and she loved it. So yay, hooray for Hooray Mail. There you go. Guys, my guest this week for episode number 101 is Haley Morgan, and I met Haley a couple years ago through the Influence Network, and I've always been impressed with her down-to-earth, um, super sweet, sweet, sweet heart that she has, and that'll come through today. She's a mom of the boys. She's running a clothing company with her husband that we're going to chat about a lot today. She's co-creator of the Influence Network, and she is a co-author to the book Wild and Free, which I told her in this podcast how much I love it, and I will continue to say that all year. It's one of my favorite books I've read all year. Guys, I just also want to let you know at the end of this show is going to be a really fun announcement about the live events. So I'm going to say that and then you can listen at the end. Okay, here is my conversation with Haley Morgan. Hey, Haley, welcome to the happy hour. Hi, I'm so excited to talk with you. I'm so excited too. And I, it's weird to think that it's taken this long for you to join me on the happy hour and it's just life, right? It is life. I feel like both of our lives are kind of crazy. I mean, you just got back from a crazy trip. I just got back from Ethiopia. I was just telling, so I've been home a day and a half now. Oh my word. And I don't feel extremely tired right now, but I know that I will. And so I keep kind of, you know how you're like, wait, you're anticipating something to happen and and hopefully it won't be as bad as I think it's going to be. But it was, (laughs) it was a phenomenal trip with an organization called Help One Now. It was super great. So yeah. That's amazing. I I went to Ethiopia in... 2013, I think. Okay. I think it was 2013 and it was amazing also. Who'd you go with? What organization? Um, I went with Fashionable. They oh, yeah, you do, told me about that. Like, yeah, they do fair trade products and that sort of thing. And we got to go and see the women who weave their scarves. And it was actually like the funniest group of women who went and the group of American women okay. who went uh-huh. were like the 
most ragtag group of people that one could put together. But it was a really good time. And just it was actually the first thing that kind of sparked my heart for uh, creating jobs for people that were dignified and that could help them support their families and that sort of thing. So it was really the catalyst of a lot of change in my life. I love that. And you have a lot of change. And I want to talk about all of those things. First, I need to say, and I don't know if I've, I need to tell you this while we're recording. I know I've told you this in person, but I absolutely adored the book that you and Jess put out this May called Wild and Free. So from me to uh, you, awesome. Thank you so much. It has been, it really has been the most fun thing, kind of scrolling through Instagram and seeing like people say like, hey, friends, if you haven't read this book, you need to. And I think that's the most encouraging thing is that people want to tell their friends next, like, go read this. Yeah, I'll tell you this. And I know you're in the same boat I'm in that we both get a lot of free books. Um, But I will tell you that I bought this book on Amazon and sent it to a friend. So I know because I loved it. And it's a book that I've said, I think women need to read this. So I remember I, I know where I was when I read it, which is weird. I was on an airplane and I had been given an advanced copy through a publishing house. And I read it in one sitting from Austin to Portland and just devoured it. And so I hope everyone, every woman gets her hands on this book wild and free because it was so good. Yay. Uh, I love that. Yeah. It's been quite the experience. I mean, it's just, I live such a normal life in my normal life. And so it almost feels like this other than me sort of thing. Like God just put it together and um, it was so much fun to write. I loved the writing process. And now it's just this, it's, I I hated when people talked about books like they were their kids before Mm -hmm. I wrote a book. Like I birthed my fifth child or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no, kids are actually kids, but (laughs) there are so many metaphors for it. And it really is like this thing that's walking around outside of you because once you turn it in and it go, it's published. I mean, it's its own entity and you can't go back and change it. It's not like a blog post where you can add like an edited to add at the end and clarify yourself or whatever. And so it really does feel like that thing that they say, like your kids, like your heart walking around outside your body. It kind of feels like the book is like your, this spiritual journey of learning that you've had. It's like all of a sudden it's not just yours anymore. It's like walking around outside of you. And it's crazy, but it's so fun too. Does that feel, I was just thinking when you were saying that metaphor about this spiritual journey that's like walking outside of you. Does that feel, well, I know the answer to this, but I'm just imagining that feels very vulnerable. Yes. I, Jess and I were together when the book launched. And so that I think helped me not feel quite as, I think those first few days, not knowing how it's going to be received. I think that that is a really vulnerable feeling. And I try not to like read reviews and things like that. Cause it's just, it, I can't change the book, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it is what it is at this point. So, um, but it does feel vulnerable and weirdly enough, it feels vulnerable to me more so with people who know me in real life because being the same person in real life as I am online or as a writer, it's really important to me that Mm -hmm. they match up. Yeah. And so it always feels more vulnerable and more humbling when people in my actual life read it. Yes. So that's been the most interesting part is when somebody at church walks up and is like, I just finished your book. And I almost want to like go hide in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Because it is this whole different world. It is. Yeah. It's just so interesting to have those two worlds collide. And it's, but it's been the most fun thing. So. so you wrote this book with your friend, um, Jess Conley, who's been on the show several times on the happy hour. So if you've listened for a long time, you've heard Jess and I uh, have conversations together. So y'all wrote this together. Are there books in the future for you by yourself? Yeah, we're both going to write a separate book on our own next. Perfect. So yeah, I think Jess is already underway on hers. And I just am that person where I have to sit on an idea for a while and Mm -hmm. see how it shakes out. 
Um, I, I always think of my brain like a rock tumbler. I always wanted a rock tumbler when I was like 10. I thought they were the coolest. Is a rock ever. tumbler where it tumbles the rocks and smooths them out? I'm guessing. Yes. Okay. Got yes. it. Yes. So in, yeah, like you put in like the rough, like gross looking stones and then they come out all polished and pretty. Right. And in my, that's how I think of my head. Like I'm an input person. So I'm constantly taking in information and ideas and then it has to like rumble around in my brain for a long time. And then somehow a connection comes together and then it pops out together, but it still has to kind of refine uh-huh. and that sort of thing. And once I start writing, I can write really fast, but it's the ideation phase and like the really refining the concept that takes me a long time. Uh-huh. So I've been so hesitant to commit to a next book because I'm terrified I'll get into that refining process and then be like, oh no, this is totally, (laughs) yeah, like this is a different thing than I thought it was going to be. So I'm waiting for for the rock tumbling to continue a little bit longer. I love that analogy. And I know that you are a person who is constantly coming up with new adventures and ideas and you're (laughs) just a dreamer and a thinker. Um, and I want to talk to you about how one of your projects happened. So this is, I don't know much about this, so this is going to be really good for me. I mean, I know you, I met you through the influence network, which y'all have done phenomenal things. And I've, it's been such an honor to do things with you guys. And then I know you from your book, but I don't know much about the fact that you and your husband just straight up started a clothing company. (laughs) Like, that's not something you hear every day. No, it's like totally out of left field too. Cause we didn't go to school for that. We didn't, I mean, we have no background or knowledge really in it. Well, we have a lot of knowledge now, but we didn't when we started. So where did this and idea it, come from? Yeah, I, well, when I was in Africa, when I was in Ethiopia with fashionable, I really saw what conditions could be like for unprotected workers. And I, I saw what conditions were like, even in like a very dignified, very beautiful work environment. And in developing countries, I mean, as you know, it's still a rough environment just mm-hmm. by nature. And so then if you take uh, a develop a developing country where the workers aren't protected, it's just a whole nother conversation. Right. And about the time that we were going to Ethiopia, there was also that factory collapse um, where more than a thousand garment workers were killed. Um, And the two, the two events kind of catalyzed for me. And I also have done this um, other side project called the no brainer wardrobe for a really long time. That was kind of like my first thing in blogging world. And So all of those things kind of coalesce together into this idea that we should probably be consuming less. We should probably be just buying less. Um, That fast fashion, which is like Forever 21, H&M, Target, any of those sort of places. Okay, what is, um, sorry, I'm going to stop you. What does fast fashion mean? I was just, I was just like, oh, "Oh, wait, fast fashion is probably not. No, I've never heard that. Everybody knows. Yeah. So so fashion in general has normally had between two and four seasons. It started out just with spring, summer, fall, winter. So that's two. Mm -hmm. And then they split it up into four, four defined buying seasons. And they'd have spring, summer, fall, winter. Got it. And now with quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, with Mm -hmm. fast fashion, they have 52 buying seasons. So they have a yeah, they have a new product or a new collection every week of the year. And that's because they know if they can put out something new that's inexpensive every week, it'll keep you buying and it'll keep you coming back. So it really feeds our appetite for um, those little quick bits of pleasure. I always think of uh, how I it's impossible to get out of target without spending more than you meant to spend. And I had, before I did no brainer wardrobe, I had gotten into this habit of always just throwing in a 10 or $12 shirt from target. Everyone does that. Yeah. 
Exactly. And it's cute and it's easy. It's fast. You generally know what size you wear at Target, so you don't even have to try it on. And this is kind of by design. It is by design um, from retailers that work on that strategy. And it's not, you know, nothing's bad in and of itself. It's how how we use that, how that trickles down and all of that. And in America, about 97% of our textiles that were consumed in America back in the 90s were made in America. Okay. And they obviously we have very stringent worker protection laws here in America. And um, that was a result of a, of a tragedy in New York City where a, um, a shirt factory, it burned and all of these people were stuck in there. And so there was a revolution of protecting workers that started from that point. And so that's why we have really strong worker protection laws. But as people started, um, there were in the 90s, there were some laws that were signed that made it easier to produce things, they call it offshore, Mm -hmm. so out of the United States. And um, then they basically, almost overnight, um, manufacturers, garment manufacturers moved offshore to the next cheapest place. And at the time, it was Mexico. Mm -hmm. Um, But basically, as the work goes there, and it's dirt cheap to find workers to do the work, um, the conditions are really unsafe. It's kind of shady. It's all just like the wild, wild west, Mm -hmm. because they don't have protection. But as as that kind of shakes out and as bad things happen and as the country catches on and realizes that they can make money off of it through um, taxes and tariffs and things like that. And that once they realize that they need to at least protect their workers to some degree, it gets more expensive for the American companies to make their clothes. So then they just go to the next developing country and then that go, you know, it's a cycle. They just go, and then it gets too expensive. Then they pull out and they leave and they go to the next one. And it it really is a situation that's ripe for a lot of corruption and a lot of um, just things that as a believer, as a Christian, I just couldn't handle knowing that it's one thing if you have like a need that can only be met in a way that maybe feels sketchy to you. Like, Sure, I'd love to feed my kids organic Uh food all the time, but it's not always possible for me to do that. Um, But I feel like this is one of those things like the American person does not need as many clothing items as we saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And even 50 years ago, even when our grandparents were growing up or our parents, it was very normal for people to only have 10 to 15 pieces of clothing that they wore Mm -hmm. ever. And, um, until those wore out or they grew out of them. And it's only been a recent marketing trend that we would think that we need all of these clothes. And that's in equal reaction to the whole fast fashion concept. You guys in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. 
here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. So would some Uh, of these places around the world fall under like the labor trafficking issues? Yeah, I mean, it's a big, it's a big problem. And in it's different countries have different kind of threats that happen to their workers based on their economic and political climate. But it is, it's trafficking, it's overwork, underpaid, mm-hmm. it's hazardous health conditions. I mean, textiles is really, if you can think of a pillow fight with all those feathers, that's kind of what textiles is because if you're sewing or cutting, all of those fibers are going into the air. And so um, if you're not, if you don't have proper ventilation or proper um, face masks and that sort of thing, it's really bad for your lungs. Even when I go to buy our fabric, I walk out and my throat hurts and my lungs are scratchy. And you were in there for like, yeah. Yeah. Just a couple hours. I'm not there or sewing anything. And there is almost no movement of fabric while I'm there. They're just sitting there in bolts. So even that, just experiencing even just that reminds me like, oh, right. That's, if somebody does that day in, day out, Mm -hmm. every day of their life, that causes major concerns. And it's just, it was just an eye-opening thing for me. So We started Wildly Co. My husband was working in corporate America at the time, and he kind of, I started Influence, and he saw how Influence was going, and he came to our conferences, and he loved them, and uh, Barrett Ward, the guy who started Fashionable that I went to Ethiopia with, he spoke at one of our, either the first or the second one, I think it was the first conference Mm -hmm. he spoke, and he just mm, talked about his life leaving corporate business and starting a business with a mission and just how previously he had only looked out for himself. It was all about how much money he was going to make in that next quarter. And it was about climbing the ladder, looking good. And my husband just resonated. He saw that a lot in his industry and he saw that a lot in his own heart as he got further and further into it. And so I don't know. I mean, he had like a come to Jesus moment Mm -hmm. in that time. He like pulled me in a banquet room and I think people thought we were having a fight (laughs) because he gets really animated and I get, I'm like an enthusiastic person. So he's telling me like, something has to change. I don't know what, but something does. And from that point, it was two years until we started Wildly Co. Mm. And It just, we kind of just kept kicking the idea around and it got more and more refined. And then we did a Kickstarter and that was successful. So then that kind of toppled over all of these dominoes that now finds us with, you know, racks and racks of kids clothes, which is not a, not an industry I ever thought I would be in. No, and you're a mom, you have four boys. Yeah, I have four boys. But the fun thing about my about Wildly Co. is I get to have the girl clothes in my yes. office. <laughs> and you, so you get to like, get play to with them both. Like, exactly. I get to look at the pretty the pretty polka dots and the purples and the stripes and all of that. So it's been really fun. Um, I do it, like that yellow polka dot shirt. Like I wish I would wear that in an adult size. I know. I wanted to wear it so bad. So we buy our fabrics. Um, Fabrics are really hard if they're not made in the U.S. to know if they're made in a way that's ethical or not. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times we buy what they call dead stock fabric, and that's fabric from other manufacturers that was otherwise going to be thrown away. And um, we can buy that from the manufacturer or from like a middleman who 
manages all of these different fabrics. And so that fabric, I was only able to get 30 yards of it. And so we just had like a tiny, tiny amount of those shirts. And I was like, man, I really want one of my own. I want to make a Haley size shirt. Totally. Um, yeah, but we love it. It's it's a lot of fun. And we just recently, you know, it takes a long time to build up your kind of collection of clothes because mm-hmm. we start from the very beginning. I mean, we do sketches, patterns. We run through the whole process. Nothing of what we do is ready made. And so it's taken us a long time to get like full outfits, which has been so frustrating. But we're finally to the point where we're able to do the concept we started with, which was these capsule collections for kids. And uh, that is like my heartbeat because that's what No Brainer Wardrobe was based on all those years ago. It's probably six years ago now that I did No Brainer Wardrobe. And just the idea of having less, but that fewer choices actually make you like what you wear more. Mm. And then translating that to kids and thinking of how overwhelmed my kids are when they stare at a closet full or a dresser full of clothes. And they always pick the same few things anyway. That's so true. And yeah, they always want the things that are their favorites. And it's always the first thing out of, you know, the clean clothes and all of that. And so I just thought if I could reduce the amount of choices that my kids had, would they have a better time in the morning? Would I have to do less work of cajoling them to get into an outfit? And I've really found that to be true, that when I have fewer things that they like more, it's like a win, 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 win. (laughs) And I have to do less laundry. I mean, you know, little kid clothes you can have a laundry basket full of them, but to fold a laundry basket full of little kid clothes takes twice as long as to fold your own basket because it's a million little pieces of clothing. <laughs> right. All, I all of the moms so that are listening are like, yes, this is so true. Yeah, right? And I would so much rather throw a small load of clothes in while I'm cooking dinner let them dry during dinner and then fold them after the kids go to bed, pop them back in their dressers and be done with it. Then have that like pile of that mountain of laundry that you're staring at and you know, it's going to take you like eight loads to get through. Oh, for sure. And who has time to do that? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. And that's reality. I mean, all of us feel like we can never get on top of dishes and laundry. So so I'm working on the laundry solution. Dishes, somebody else is going to have to fix that one. Well, you've got four boys. You need to teach them how to take care of a kitchen so they can do your dishes for you. Okay. So just, I'm looking at your webpage and I've seen your stuff before. And so it's just, it's such cute clothes. Like I said, I would totally wear this yellow polka dot shirt, but I love the concept too. of everything you're just saying is that we could go in and buy like a capsule for our kids every year. And then there's less mm-hmm. choices and they can wear them. Um, and so you have super cute stuff. Are you willing to give the happy hour people any kind of discount? I would love to. Yeah, I feel like that's my main heart is to, I didn't want to make a, an ethically made kids clothing line that was like elite or a luxury. I wanted it to be able to be a norm for parents to buy that kind, that in that way. I wanted it to be as easy as walking into Target or walking into Old Navy and grabbing something. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to do like 25% off and we can just use the code happy hour. That'd be perfect. And yeah, I hope that that makes it even easier for people to try us out and to see how it goes. Perfect. And I think too, like buying clothes for me, for my kids is a little different now because they're older. Like some of them are wearing adult Mm -hmm. clothes, which is crazy. Um, But this thought of when I had little kids, is just such a brilliant thought. And so I love what you guys are doing. What's been the biggest challenge that you've had um, in creating your own company? (laughs) Well, that is so, um, that yes, challenges that comes with anything, I guess, but all of our previous companies have been um, online. And so they have, we've never had a physical product and I would say working with all of our suppliers and all of our vendors and keeping everything on time has been really difficult. And you have to, one reason why it's so hard to get into manufacturing clothing is you have to have such high minimums of your orders. And for us, that means that you'd have to maybe have, make 5,000 skirts. And for us, that's just not feasible because then you have, if you want to have more colors or that sort of thing, it just 
adds up. Right. So for us, we found a little tiny um, sew shop in North Carolina, and they are actually, it's an employee co-op. So it's men and women who are either first or second generation immigrants. They're normally of Mayan descent, which is really interesting. They have a whole little community there. And they have the opportunity to buy into, actually buy into the business. And they become a partner there. And that's something, I mean, for generational poverty, that's something that never happens. For that sure. It's just all, so hard. It's so hard to ever get a leg up where you're not just working um, for somebody else all the time and just kind of that paycheck to paycheck. And so that's why we loved it. We stumbled upon this um, this sew shop and the woman who owns it, she went to Duke. She started it. I mean, it is employee owned. So they, I think they have seven partners now and you have to work a certain amount of hours. You have to get a certain amount of like rating, like of your, your performance, you put in sweat equity and then you also, um, put in an amount of money that's taken out of your paycheck over a set amount of time. And then you're a fully vested partner and they make decisions from buying new equipment to what should our maternity leave be. And it's so fun to watch people who previously had worked at a chicken cutting factory to now learning about mortgages and being able to um, send their kids to school and things like that. So it's been a huge joy, but it's also hard because we're just the low men on the totem pole. You know, we're just making as few pieces as we can to stay um, working with them because it's hard to sell such a high volume. And so it's just, things always take longer than you think they will Mm -hmm. at every step of the point. Right. And this is, I think we're on our fourth or fifth production run now and we're getting better at timing, but there's always new challenges that come with that time. So man, we're getting it down, but it makes me think of those huge retailers and just wonder the logistics of how they even manage all of that. (laughs) Well, they're just huge retailers and so they don't have the challenges that you guys have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you're just, yeah, I love it so much. Hey guys, before we get back to talking with Haley, I want to thank our other sponsor for today's show. And that is prep dish. Uh, Prep dish is a healthy subscription based meal planning service. Every week, you're going to get an email that contains a grocery list, instructions for prepping your meals ahead of time, and then you're going to spend two to three hours of meal prep whenever you want, and you're going to have meals ready for the rest of the week. Every meal plan includes four meals, a creative side salad, a nutritious snack, one wholesome breakfast, and one delicious dessert. Guys, not only is this a huge time saver for all of us out there who are in the kitchen cooking, but the meals are delicious. I mean, you're going to get stuff like turkey and zucchini lasagna, um, smoky paprika chicken legs with roasted carrots, parsnips, and fennel. Uh, All of those are amazing meals, and you can do them in your own kitchen with some meal prep, grocery lists. Everything comes from Prep Dish. Allison, the chef at Prep Dish, is offering you listeners of the happy hour a special rate of $4 for the first month. That's a dollar a week to get a meal planning list, a grocery list, and instructions. Guys, it's amazing. Go to prepdish.com slash happy hour to get your free trial. Okay, back to my conversation with Haley. Um, okay, I want to ask you this, um, Haley. You are talking about what something that I love about you too is that you're just kind of saying, hey, I'm going to just slow down sometimes and you're okay with that. You know, I really love that about you. So are you in a season right now? I've learned from my husband, Aaron, talked about this one time on the show about seasons of rest and seasons of creativity. Would you say that right now you're in a season of rest or a season of creativity? Yeah, I'm definitely in a season of rest. I am in like a very delineated season of rest right now. Um, After the book came out, I just kind of found myself... It had been a really intense season with parenting. I mean, I had a bunch of kids in a few, you know, not very many years. And we'd moved twice. We'd start, you know, my husband had changed careers. I had started a career. Um, and it had just been an intense time of production in my life and creativity and also just a lot of growth personally. And it was to the point that after the book came out, I really was like, uh, if something doesn't change, I'm going to crash and burn. Mm. And I wanted to be proactive 
in that and not get to the point where it was going to, where rest was going to be forced on me. I wanted to kind of manage that before I got to that point. And so uh, Jess and I, we wrote Wild and Free together, but we also run the Influence um, Network together. And so she just said one day, and it's really funny because if you talked to us, I'm always like the rest, rest, rest Uh person in uh our relationship. I'm the one that like, is like, go take a nap, go do something fun. And she's the one that's, like, pushing us forward and, like, she has the motor in her. Mm -hmm. Um, But this one, she was like, hey, I was just thinking, like, what if you took the summer off and just really, like, rested, heard a fresh thing from the Lord, just really took a break? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. I was just thinking the same thing. So we kind of orchestrated it where other than I've had to do patterns for our fall line for Wildly Co. Because that was going to be completely finished by the time I come back. Yeah. But other than that, I've been completely not working. I don't know how any of our businesses are doing. (laughs) I just like trusted that Jesse and Mike would like keep things afloat and let me know if like anything was burning down. Okay, like you literally don't know anything. No, I have no idea. I mean, that is like, it makes me sweat a little bit. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, it actually, I was just to the point where um, I had, I mean, I had always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I think it was because my mom wasn't a stay-at-home mom. And so you always want to do what your parents didn't do or Mm -hmm. whatever. But I had somehow created for myself like four full-time jobs. <laughs> yeah, you and have. I, I just got to the point where I was, I was really feeling the burden of it. And I was feeling the burden of the women that I was shepherding without mm-hmm. being in real life with them, mm-hmm. with the women of the Influence Network and also all these women who were going to be reading the book. I just had started to feel a heavy burden that, I, it didn't seem like a burden from the Lord. And mm-hmm. so it's just been super freeing to say like, listen, the output of what I do, the results that the things I put my hands to, it doesn't matter for this season. And um, I am a person who I think I keep the world spinning. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. it's I felt like that since I was a little girl. Like I give myself way too much credit. And it's good for me to remind myself every once in a while that no, no. The Lord actually is going to keep the world on its axis right, right. during this time. Um, and so it's just been a good reminder for me of that. And I've been reading a ton. I've been going to the pool with my kids a ton. Um, it's just been great just to be – I told Mike, my husband, I wanted to get back to like 2010 Haley. And mm. I don't think 2010 Haley had an iPhone. So is that – what is so 2010 Haley? That's brain. six years ago. Well, I just – didn't have an iPhone, I think. Okay. <laughs> like my life felt quieter. It felt like my brain wasn't always on like overdrive. Um, I'm the person I love information. So for me, some people might um, emotionally escape to any number of things. I mean, there's anything that we emotionally escape to. But for me, I emotionally escape to information. Mm-hmm. So it can be really easy for me to just get on and on my phone and be like, what is, what's going on in the world? What are the things I need to know about? Right. And pretty soon I'm like eight articles deep into like the Syrian refugee crisis. And then I feel responsible for it. And then I feel like I have to know more about it. And it just, it makes my mind go into overdrive a little bit. So it's been nice to be pretty much unaware of, um, I mean, I've kept up on like large news stories, but I told Mike, I, I'm limiting myself to reading one article per major news happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just been a good way to kind of quiet my heart again and kind of bring things back to baseline. Well, you know, I'll, this sounds so familiar to me because I mentioned that I was just in Ethiopia this past week and we had exactly zero internet while we were there. I mean, no joking yeah. aside, like the entire country shut off internet. And when we could get internet, we had a really hard time getting on social media. Um, because 
the, the country shut it down. It was crazy. But what I felt, yeah. what I noticed while I was there is there was, at first there was this huge um, feeling of disconnect and feeling as though I don't yeah. know what's going on in the world. And literally, you know, this is coming out in August and you guys will remember um, what happened in July with everything in the country. And literally I landed and the last thing I heard was about the Dallas shooting. And so then we get there and we're completely removed. Um, but you yeah. know what I noticed, Haley, is I noticed exactly what you're saying is that I felt this kind of difference in my soul and this rest. And it's not about being uninformed about what's happened in the world. You and I are not saying that. But we're just saying right. there was no – there wasn't like the desire for me to check my phone every five minutes was taken away, but I couldn't. And so over right. like the next six days, I found myself um, a little bit more relaxed about – not having all the input into my brain. Does that make sense what I'm saying? It makes a hundred percent sense. And I, I always tell my husband that like my life when I just had my two oldest boys felt really simple. And for a long time I thought like maybe it's because of where we lived or maybe it's because I only had two kids. And I realized, I think over the season of rest that it's because I did not have a smartphone. And that sounds, I mean, I love the internet. I love technology. I am not like a naysayer of technology, but I do think that my life felt safer, more peaceful, smaller. I felt like, um, more manageable because I didn't feel like I had to manage the whole world. Uh (laughs) I just had to manage what was going on in my living room and in my neighborhood and in my city. And, uh, I love being informed. I mean, it, I am, curious. I'm a learner. I love to know current events, but it's different when you, um, when you inform yourself and then it's different when you're like scanning Twitter 24 seven to Mm -hmm. know like the latest think piece about any given topic. And, um, for me, that's been a huge shift backwards and it's been really healthy for me. Mm. And just, just to trust, like like you said, with everything that has happened in the world um, in July, it just it reminds me like the right, my right place in the world and the Lord's place in the whole situation. Mm, yeah, and um, that has been just really helpful for me, and really. I can look at things a lot more hopefully than when I'm just reading like article after article after article and just despairing and not Mm -hmm. knowing what to do. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Some of my girlfriends and I were just talking about that exact thing this morning about just the craziness in the world and how it makes us feel and what we run to. Um, And it's different than what we're talking about on the internet, but I'd be curious. It just made, I just thought of this as well. I was explaining to them that my first instinct Um, when life is crazy in the world around me, not necessarily my family being crazy or my friends, but things that I feel as though I have no control over when that seems out of control, you know, the Dallas shooting, um, the racial stuff, the things in France, you know, all of those things, I feel like they're not in my direct touch every day. My first reaction is just like fear and then like close my eyes. You know what I mean? Like, Surely this isn't happening. I'm going to act like it's not. And that's not okay. And I fight that all the time. What is a reaction that you feel that first comes up in your heart when things in the world seem kind of crazy? I feel like I want to, like, understand it. Mm. I find myself that I, like I said, like, just seek all kinds of information about it. I find that I want to understand it from, like, every angle, Mm -hmm. which is exhausting Mm -hmm. (laughs) and probably not super – it's not – helpful when you're doing that with every traumatic event that happens. It's one thing if you're an expert in X, Y, or Z, it's not helpful to spread that across a bajillion different Mm. compassion things. And, um, so I've had, I have to be careful with that because then I think once, you know, that saying like, once you know better, you do better. Yep. That's kind of the problem is that once you know, you feel the burden of doing something. Mm. And sometimes the only thing we can do is pray mm-hmm. or to encourage other people or whatever. I mean, there's very little I can do about most of the the bad, hard things that are going on in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can feel powerless until you remember your right place in all of the mm-hmm. world. And um, 
So yeah, I think that's my inclination. Yeah. Did any of your friends like say that? What were there? Did they have any interesting well, ones? We're talking about it over Voxer, which I'm sure that you're aware of. And I haven't been yes. back in the conversation yet. Um, so gotcha. I'll let you know what they're saying. But for me, yeah. I, I like I like hearing what other people's um, probably first tendency is. Because for me, it then when I acknowledge that that's my tendency, especially the close my eyes and act like it's not happening thing. It shows yeah. me where I need to fight because for me that can turn into um, run away and fear and, um, yep. you know, act like it's not happening. And that's not okay all the time either. I mean, there is a, sp there is a time and place, like you said, I fully believe what you're saying about like, where's my place in this? God is the one that keeps this world spinning and all those things. But I think it gets kind of fishy for me as a mama. Like, you know, like, yeah, I don't know if you feel this way, but I'm always like, how much do I share with my kids? Cause I, when I shelter uh -huh. them. But yeah. then I'm like, well, I don't, I still don't want to send them out into the world completely like blindsided by this world that we live right. in. So that is always, I'm always trying to find that balance as a mom, you know, to not put my insecurities and uh, fear on them, but also not give them more than they need to know right now. That's hard in this world that we live in. It is. I have been grateful that the, a lot of this has happened over the summer. So we could really, um, our kids aren't in the school, aren't in school in the summer. Mm -hmm. So we can kind of control that conversation yes. a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I <laughs> just by nature, if you've read wild and free, you know, that I have a tendency towards anxiety and towards worry and things like that. And so I didn't, I never want to put that on my kids, like what you were saying. Right. And so it's been good to have time to really process how we want to handle it rather than having to react because we know that they're going to be talking about it in school the next mm, day. Yeah. Um, so that has I've been a huge gift this summer just to be able to have that time um, to kind of process it with them slowly. And I also have to be careful. I don't know. Have you read the book Simplicity Parenting? No. Tell me. It's, it's really good. It's about – I mean it kind of goes along with the whole um, – capsule wardrobe, things like that. And it doesn't talk about that, but it's about how our kids really need less, not more to thrive. Mm. And they talk about an emotional flu. Like, you know, when you're, you can kind of tell in your house, like things are not right here. Oh yeah. Like everybody's edgy mm -hmm. or people are, you know, like overly emotional or things like that. He calls it an emotional flu. And he says like, just like a physical flu, you draw back, you heal, and then you kind of get going again. And he says for an emotional flu, there are like several things he talks about in the book. But one of them is that kids can't handle adult conversation as well as we think they can. Mm. And a lot of times we are talking about it with our partner or with friends and our kids are around and we're not bringing it down to their level and so it can incite fear for them because we're talking about it in an adult level that they might, I mean, really don't have the tools to understand. Mm. And so my husband and I have really been trying to like wait to talk about those things until we're alone at night or until, you know, the kids are in the swimming pool or whatever. Right. And then talk with our kids on an age appropriate level because I remember, I mean, I was one of those super observant kids where my parents thought they were having a private conversation, but really I was like the you third person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I remember being scared about things that they said that probably weren't all that scary, but they were scary to me because I had no framework for yeah. it. So that's been something we've been trying to do a lot is just my, being mindful of the way we're talking about these things when our kids are with an earshot. Mm, that's such a good reminder for all of us parents as we journey through just the craziness in the world. So yeah. Yeah. And that reminder. it's interesting because yeah. And this guy said, it's really interesting because this guy says like most of the time your kid is not going to stop you and say like, what did you mean by that? Right. And they're not going to, they may not even be able to put words to the fact that they're scared about what you had said, but it comes out in emotional unsteadiness mm. and so that was just a good reminder for me. And they're not going to ask you either. And so they're going to come to their own conclusions. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Oh, so good. 100%. Okay. Haley, tell me something that you're loving or to actually tell me three things you're loving. Oh man. I feel like summer is my happy place. Mm. So I'm loving everything. 
thing right now. Um, I'm loving our backyard. I'm loving our neighborhood. I feel like our, um, just in the summertime, I can really feel at home where we live. It feels like people are outside and they're chatting with each other and all that. So I'm loving that. That's amazing. I have been painting a lot. I've been I just saw that. For, yes. I've been creating just for creativity's sake. And it's good for me to have a, a creative outlet that isn't tied to my profession. And so I you know, it's really funny. Like I've had friends be like, are you going to sell these? Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I am literally just painting. I paint over canvases that I've already painted so I can paint again. And, um, it's just a really good outlet for creative energy that has no rules. It has no, nothing that I'm measuring up to. Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. been huge. And I think anybody can find something like that. And it's just, Again, good to remember like my place in the world that I'm just a small part of this great big world. Um, the things I do don't always have to be professional. They don't always have to be excellent. There are things that I can do that are just messing around and trying to learn new things or figure things out. Mm-hmm. So that's been huge. And I'm trying to think, oh, I'm on this thing. You probably are going to have to put like a like a warning on your podcast or something. But okay, like what a is it? Warning. I have been reading beauty blogs about tinting and perming your own eyelashes. <laughs> oh. And okay, so, did you, wait, stop just, real quick. Tinting and yeah. what? And perming them, like curling them. Your eyelashes? So you don't have to, yeah. And so this is totally crazy. Like all the, all the beauty bloggers are like, you can totally do this. And all of like the, like, spa people are like, never do this on your own. So, you know, proceed at your own risk. But I have, you know, I'm 30 and I feel like I don't have the money to spend that I did when I was 15 on like makeup and junk because I had nothing else to spend my money on but makeup when I was 15. And so, but I'm finding like, no, now's the time that I actually need these things. And so I looked, it's my birthday coming up and I looked at like, I wonder what eyelash extensions, like what that process is like. And then I was like, oh, mercy, I don't have time to keep that up. Mm. And so I found this. Let me just tell you that. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally pricey. And um, so I looked at this idea of an eyelash lift, which is really just perming your eyelashes. And so then I looked at that. And once I looked at that, like I said, I'm like a rabbit trail person. Uh I'm super curious. So I want to know like all the way to the end of an idea. So I found out that you can do this at home with products you can buy on Amazon and then watch YouTube videos about it. So by the time this podcast airs, I will have done this. I haven't done it yet. I will have done it, and I will report back on Instagram as to my outcome, I whether need... I have eyeballs left or not. Exactly. <laughs> I'm concerned for you, but, you know, to each his own. It's okay. It's, I understand. So, yes, yes, proceed with your own cost. Uh-huh. But I had, I'm excited about it. <laughs> I had eyelash extensions, um, I guess, about a year and a half ago for two months, and I always say it was, it was the best um, splurge I've ever done, and if I ever come across having, like, extra money for a splurge. That's what I'll put my money towards. No doubt. That's such, so good to know. I know they're beautiful. They're beautiful. People look like totally, I mean, glamorous without even doing anything extra. That's exactly right. I remember when I had them, I didn't wear mascara or eyeliner and those are like staples for me. It's like the only thing I put on. I didn't wear that the whole time. And every morning I woke up and I looked awake like, Hey, I'm here. Take on the world. Right. Yes. It was so wonderful. Um, Okay, you said you've been reading a lot this summer, and I've been seeing your books over on Instagram. What um, are you reading right now? Um, I am currently in between books, but the the books I've read this summer have been really interesting. I've read Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, Mm -hmm. which was really good because I kind of come from a faith tradition. I don't know. I come from a group of people, churches. Midwest, I don't know what it is, but Mm -hmm. it says like feelings are bad. Like feelings are where everything goes, you know, goes wrong. But the reality is, is we all have feelings. And so how do we integrate that into our life? How are we healthy? 
um, emotionally. And this guy even goes as far to say is like your spiritual maturity will only ever get to the amount of emotional maturity that you have Mm. because you'll keep running into the same basic roadblocks that you have your whole life because you're just continuing patterns that you have had since you were a kid. So that was super interesting. I loved that. Um, I have been reading fiction, which I love. I read The Nightingale. I'm sure that's one that people say a lot. I have Have heard that. that? Yes, and I haven't read it, but I've heard great things about it. Yeah, it's so, so, so good. And also I read The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. And Mm. I've read a lot of her other books, but Mm -hmm. I had never read that one. And it was so good. I mean, it goes really a lot along the same lines of the emotionally healthy spirituality. Um, And just to tie this all up, in Wild and Free, we talk about how Jess has an easier time with like the wild portion Mm -hmm. of the book. And I have an easier time with the free portion of the book and how you have to have both. And it's a double-sided coin. Um, But... I've really found that even though I intellectually understood the idea of wild while we were writing the book, Mm -hmm. I really realized like, oh, all that means is like actually being comfortable in yourself and actually willing to let other people see you be yourself and just as God made you and not apologizing for all the all the weirdnesses that you have and kind of taking up your own space in the world. Mm. And as just by nature, that's not me. I am like, I'd like to be tidy and not make a fuss and whatever, not cause people problems. But it's been really eye-opening this summer just to do a lot of reading about really embracing who you are and embracing, you know, your past, your present, what you hope for in the future and all of that. So I think even, especially for women in the church, I think it is sometimes a hard thing to grapple with. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really healthy thing to explore. That's so good. Love it. Have you yeah, heard have you heard the, have you heard of the Book of the Month Club? Oh man, I have. Ann Bogle and Jessica Turner. I've mm-hmm. heard them talk about it. Okay, well I just have joined. You done it? Yeah, I just joined. And so I was gonna tell you what I just finished reading. Uh, I got from them. And so it's this kind of weird thing where you they give you an email and then you get to pick from like four books. At the beginning of the month, and then they send you a book. I don't remember how much it is a month, um, but it's not I very much. no, it's not. I mean, it's probably less than you play for a hardback. But the book I yeah. got last uh, month, I like forgot to pick, and so they just sent me one, which is like my worst fear when I joined that that would happen, and it did right. my very first month. Um, but it's called Shrill, and it's from Lindy West, um, and so. I'm reading it now and I always have to, I was telling someone about it yesterday. I just need to put a little like advisory note on it that, um, it's, she's, she's kind of like rough around the edges with her words as in there's like a lot of maybe vulgar, like not vulgar. I shouldn't say that, but you know, it's just, it's just a little warning, you know? Um, but the, it's about her just talking, it's little, it's essays and she's talking about body image, um, going to like public war with stand up comedians over rape jokes, which I didn't even know was a thing. Um, Interesting. I know. I'm like, what? People joke about this? I literally was reading the chapter going, is this a real thing? And apparently it is. Um, but that's, that's what I'm reading crazy. right now. And so it's just short essays from her. So people might know her. I think she recently was on an NPR This American Life episode. So there's that. That's what I'm reading. There you go. I, I feel know. like your podcast is going to need an advisory about that book and also my eyelash situation. So <laughs> just put a disclaimer down at the Disclaimer <laughs> on the book Jamie's reading and Haley's new eyelash transformation right. that's about to go down. Right. Uh, right. Okay. Exactly. Well, you have to keep us up to date on your eyelashes because we're going to want to know. I know. Uh, it's going to be on Instagram. For I'm sure. Gonna, I'm going to document it. For sure it will. Are you on Snapchat? <laughs> I go. I feel like it takes up so much room on my phone for some oh, reason. Yeah. I like install it and use it for a week, and then I uninstall it. And I, you know, I I just try to do it, and then I'm like, my life is so boring, so boring. <laughs> I don't think the world wants to see like Who's the inside of my house. That's hilarious. I'm not on it, but I've been told that I should be, and I just again, it makes my armpits sweat to think about one more thing to do. So, so far, yep, I haven't I jumped in. I haven't either. And I mean, not like consistently and definitely not with any kind of like strategy, 
But I feel a little bit like I'm turning into a dinosaur with social media because mm-hmm. now all of the new things, I'm like, that's too newfangled. <laughs> I, I don't do want to it with that. We're like turning right? into the old grandmas. So, yeah. I know. We've Hilarious. been online for a long time, Jamie. I know. We're just like, we're getting old here. Oh, yeah. well, Haley, thank you for coming on the happy hour. I love all your stuff oh, about your clothing so company. Fun your books, your rest. It was a great conversation. And so everything we talked about, I'll put the links up in the show notes for you guys and the link for the coupon code for your um, Wildly Coast. So that'll all be there. So thank you so much for joining me. Love that. I've had so much fun talking with you. Thanks, Jamie. Okay, guys, I told you that you would love Haley. She's just the sweetest thing in the world. And so go check out everything she's involved with because you're going to love it. Okay, friends, remember, we're always looking for people to partner with for the show. So there's several opportunities that you can partner with us from advertising on the show to products and goodie bags, all kinds of stuff. Just if you're ever interested, email info at jamieivy.com. Okay, here's the announcement. I want to talk about events. I'm loving these events that we're doing. We have a happy hour on the road in Fort Worth this next Monday, which is going to be so much fun. I cannot wait to get that. Um, but we have the two events happening in September, September 9th and 10th are the live events out here at my house. Um, and I want to let you know who the guests are because I have not told you guys who's going to be here with me. You've loved them when they were on the show and you're going to love them in person. My guest for the happy hour live both nights is Emily Lex and Jesse Arteague. Emily has been on the show. She's practically a co-host. I say that about her. She was on show number 42, number 43, number 84, and she was the second happy half hour guest. Jesse was guest on show number 78. I love these women to death. They are brilliant. They are beautiful. They're doing big things. Um, and you're going to love them too. So they're going to be both nights. They're going to be there. Speaking of events, you might be thinking to yourself, I want to come to this event. I didn't know about this. Where do I get tickets? Well, it's super easy. JamieIvy.com slash events. The Saturday night is already sold out. There are probably about 10 tickets left for Friday night. But you know what? I'm feeling kind of generous. I'm going to put some more tickets up tomorrow morning at 9am central. More tickets are going up for this live event. So if you didn't get your ticket and you want to come, go to jamieivy.com slash events and tomorrow morning there will be more tickets. Guys, thanks for listening. You guys are so amazing. It is such a joy to bring you this show and I hope it's an encouragement to you. I hope you're inspired through every guest. Um, Next week is my guest, Elena Mays, and we talk about mothering and her life as a single mom. You're going to love it. Guys, enjoy your week and share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour. And I'll see you guys next week. 